0: Chapter 10 Here's Pastor Ryan Gals and and men
1: If you don't have the word in your heart You're going to sin And maybe some of you don't want his word In your heart so that you can sin Maybe that's the plan all along Less word, more me Guys, we pray It's the word Jesus is the Word made flesh. We just soak up the word, and the Word directs your paths. It lights the way. It, 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 it warns you of possible dangers, gives you discernment. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, Paul says, "Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the armor. You're in a fight, you're in a war. You cannot stand without the armor of God. If you don't put on Christ, if you don't seek him, if you don't pray to him, if you don't love him, if you don't seek his love, seek everything about him, you will not stand. And Satan is counting on us not to put on Christ. He is counting on it. He's looking for those that are straying away, isolating themselves, hardly coming to church so he can pick them off. He looks for the wounded sheep so that he can, so the wolf can come and devour. He does not, he he can't get in when we're tight together in church. When we're edifying one another, loving one another, forgiving one another, caring for one another. It's harder for him to pick them off. He's hoping that we don't pray. He is hoping that the word is not hidden in our heart. He is hoping that we don't put on the armor of God. Our minds have to be on Jesus. Our minds, everyone's mind, everyone's, everyone has mental issues nowadays. I mind. The mind, the enemy goes for the mind. So we have to have that helmet of salvation. We have to really hand over our thought life to the Lord moment by moment, day by day, moment by moment. Because the mind wanders and just goes crazy. The flesh t- the flesh is warring against the, the spirit. He's warring all against our mind. That's what he comes afterwards. Philippians 4, 8 through through 9, write it down. Philippians 4, verse 8 through 9, Paul says, Finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. It's the mind. It's the mind. It's that idle time for young men and young girls or older men or middle age, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's that idle time where the enemy can come in and s- sinful, foolish, wicked, perverse thoughts come in of all sorts and all sin is common to man. They come into everybody's mind. The problem is, wh- the, the issue is, what do, we, what do you do with it when it comes in? Do you say that's of the devil and just, Lord, cover that, take that thought out and and focus on the Lord. Because that's what Paul says. Meditate on the things that are lovely and are good and of good report. I think of Joseph in Genesis 39. He was working for Potiphar and God gave him favor. And God was blessing him. And Potiphar's wife casted longing eyes on him. And she kept trying it says day by day kept harassing him, kept trying to get to persuade him to lie with her. until one day she finally grabbed his his um, garment while he was inside the house, and he took off running from her and left his garment there. and you know the story, they arrested him, and he went to prison, but God eventually raised him up. Uh, to be number two in all of Egypt. But the moral of the story is is that he ran. He ran from it. And we must run to Jesus when temptation comes. We must teach our children, we must teach the brethren, you run to Jesus. 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, Paul tells Timothy, flee youthful lusts. But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace With those who call on the Lord Out of a pure heart It's just to flee youthful lust The world says it's not a sin To masturbate But biblically The Bible just told us To flee youthful lust Not to tempt yourself With whatever Godless things that are out there. Sister, flee. Don't believe the humanists of our world who say, oh, it's just a part of growing up. Let them have their way. That's not the godly way. The godly way is to teach your young men and women to pray, to seek the Lord, and to put their minds on the things of God and not awaken those things until it's time and point them to Jesus and say one day God is preparing you to marry your your husband or your wife and you want to be pure for them some Christians think it's okay for their young for their young people their young teenagers to date or play boyfriend and girlfriend. We don't don't play that here at our church. We discourage that. We don't awaken love until it's time. Does that young man have a job? Does that, that young man know Jesus? Can that young man take care of you? Can you take care of yourself? Keep busy about the things of the Lord. And when you're older, and it's God's timing, and, and, they, and, that, and that young man and young woman, they love Jesus first, and you know they love Jesus, then get married to them and have at it. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 27 through 30, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members sh- perish than your whole body be cast into hell fire. That's how serious Jesus was with sin. Like it's so detrimental. It'll destroy, it'll kill you. Be this serious about it as if you would pluck out your own eye as if you would just cut off your right hand you just do all things to just not sin not lust not go there not click there not scroll there all of those things turn with me to first corinthians chapter six please i'm glad a lot of young people are here today I'm trying to help you. It's not, it's, we just love you. Trying to help everybody. 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 13. That second part of uh, verse 13, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, second part, it says, but God, or or it says, now the body, you see that? Mm -hmm. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. And God, I'm sorry, and God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up uh, by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two he says shall become uh, one flesh. There's Paul quoting Genesis 2 to emphasize the importance of two becoming one flesh in in, 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 uh, sexual intercourse. Verse 17, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does, is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are his. And so a strange thing happens, or a unique thing happens, I should say, when one comes to faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes in us. Jesus said that me and the Father will make our home in you. And so God comes in us. And we become one with God. And so Paul is saying that when one is with a harlot, a prostitute, or I would go on to say, I would go on to say you know, masturbation, pornography, whatever, sexual immorality, one drags the Lord through that with them. That's what happens. One drags the Lord through that. And if you're one of those parents that says, well, I did it, so who am I to tell my kids? Please know that you've been redeemed and forgiven and you're a new creation. And as far as we're concerned, you haven't done anything anymore. It's been forgiven. You have a new life and you tell them, since you have the experience, don't do it and if you're going to do it you're not going to do it under this roof or live in this house for me and my house we shall serve the Lord don't do this the Lord says but do this glorify God with your spirit and your body which are his when Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.22 flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness faith, love, peace there's the flee youthful lusts, but pursue something else Pursue righteousness. Pursue peace. Pursue faith. Don't do the one, but do the other. The key is to get busy about God's business. And it helps us against temptations. Keep them kids busy. Tell the brothers that are struggling with it, keep busy in the Lord. Put your mind on the Lord. Get your eyes off yourself. Don't be alone. Be at church. I got saved at 24 years old. A month before I turned 24. I mean, I'm yeah. You know, at that age, you're just, you know. And I came from a place where all that stuff was normal. All that stuff was normal. Having perverted magazines, that wasn't even shameful in our neighborhood. It was just like it wasn't even shameful amongst all the, all, all the guys it was normal that's how destructive the left has been in this country starting from you know Playboy magazine in and, and the 60s all 50s, 60s all just desensitizing society to the point where it's absolutely just normal and not shameful in the world's eyes I grew up in that. I grew up in the where the where the TV shows made, mocked made fun of it. It was just normal. Then we got saved, and you think, oh my gosh, how people are so blind. I grew up in a home where it was in a basket in plain view. You know what I mean. That's some messed up stuff to do to a kid. Messed up stuff. And so I feel really bad for the youth. And knowing the seriousness of our times, we want to persuade them to stay as far away from that stuff as possible. That's our job as a church. And and I was shocked to hear of older men behaving in such a way. But then again, the Lord said that he would shorten the lives of men because there was just w- more wickedness. Um, so, that's the intro to chapter 10. <laughs> I... Solomon threw it all away. We want to get to the finish line with flying colors. We want the Lord to say, Well done, good and faithful servant. (laughs) Enter into the joy of your Lord. So I hope these things, you know, it started with the complacency of the commandment of the Lord. He wasn't kidding when he said. And it's amazing how quick the kingdom was destroyed what has God blessed your life with we all can lose it with one terrible decision think about that and it can you know the things that we have were not they did not come easy it took a long time for God to bless your life and mine but we can, we, we can destroy it really quick. And that's the warning of Solomon's life. Um, we'll end with Proverbs. Let's go there. Proverbs 5, please. My son, verse 1. When I read with my wife... We'll say, or daughter, my son or daughter. We'll change it up. Pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion. And your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman or man drip honey. And her or his mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end she is bitter as wormwood sharp as a two-edged sword her feet go down to death her steps lay hold of hell lest you ponder her path of life her ways are unstable you do not know them therefore hear my hear me children or hear, hear me now my children and do do not depart from the words of my mouth there it is your word i have hidden in my heart that, that i would not sin against you there it is don't let god's word depart from your mouth from your heart Remove your way far from her. That's, again, it's the fleeing. It's the runaway. Go the opposite direction. Don't go near it. You have friends that like to get near it? Check them. Correct them. God's testing whether or not you're going to correct them and check them. That's that's probably why you ran into them. But if you don't test them, uh, check them in love, you know, They'll t- end up tempting you. Remove your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. Lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one. Lest aliens be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed and say, How I have hated instruction and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to To those who instructed me, I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. Don't do this, but do this. Drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed to broad streams of water in the streets, let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. That exclusivity of marriage. Emotional cheating, telling other men your, your, your whatever secrets and emotions. You know, that's, for, that's for your husband. And husbands, that's for your wife. Rejoice with the wife of of your youth as a loving deer and a graceful doe, doe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all his paths. All of our steps, all of our paths are obviously in front of God. They're before him. He sees. He sees. And when people get involved in, in sexual immorality, they lose their mind and for a moment think that God's not seeing that. He sees it all. And he ponders all his paths. His own inequities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Be enraptured with the wife of your youth. Should we ask God to help us to love people? We should, right? We should ask God, help me to love people. We should love children. We should love our brothers and sisters. We should also ask the Lord, give us more love for our spouses. Not that you don't. But eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, the beautiful thing about our relationship with our spouses is that it grows and grows and grows and grows to deeper heights and, and it's just... So we ask the Lord, help me Father to love my wife, to be enraptured with her love and hers only. That's a good prayer for all of us to pray for our spouse. Bless your spouse. Your body doesn't belong to you. And I'm speaking of both sides. Your body don't belong to you. Don't hate on your spouse. Hook them up. Bless them. Sorry, kids. God bless married couples with that gift. And they ought to Practice it often. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I don't, uh, you know. Yep. The word leads to more blessings. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. And we just ask that this your word would speak to our hearts long beyond this night. Help our church, Lord, to be a holy church, a pure church. Help us to not be condemning. Help us to be loving. Considering ourselves, Lord, our own weaknesses. We just pray, Father, that you would keep us doing good and not evil. That we would be used for your glory. And that your holiness would manifest in our heart and in our minds and in our eyes. We just love you and want to be used by you. And we want to finish well. And while we'll all heads are bowed, if there's anybody here who needs to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we want to give you an opportunity to do so. God has spoken to your heart and you know you've sinned against him and you want to get right tonight please raise your hand and I can lead you in a prayer Father we thank you again and we ask your blessing upon our
0: fellowship now in Jesus name we pray and together we say Amen Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio If you're in the area come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicholas Street in Bangley, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab.